Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. I'm your host, Shwini Poo. This episode 364. I'm joined, as always, by my co-host, Prez. Prez, how are you doing on this Friday morning? I'm doing all right. Uh, I try. This is the first time this season that my tactic of just turning the game off did not work. Um, I, I turned the game off for the third quarter, and uh, we appeared to be no better off than when I was watching. So I was just like, fuck it, I'm gonna turn it back on. And then we did the the fake comeback thing. So I don't know. I'm doing all right aside from that. How are you? How are you? I never ask how you're doing. You always ask how I'm doing. Uh I'm doing well. I am uh still basking in the aftermath of Michigan National Championship. Yo, uh, I meant to say I don't give a shit about football, but congrats. Seems like a big fucking deal. Have yes. they ever won before? Uh, last time was 97, but they weren't, uh, they, it was a shared national cha- title. I'm not going to bore you with the details. Wait. Uh, I'm yeah, actually interested you know, in that, but another time, another time. Yeah. Another time. Uh, but yes, this is a big deal. Uh, they hadn't won in 26 years, 27 years, I guess now. Uh, and, um, it didn't look like they had any chance of ever doing it again three years ago. So, uh, pretty, pretty wow. awesome. Yes. Uh, kind of like were you out in the streets? I was <laughs> out in the streets for a little bit, yeah. Um, till like 1245. Okay, okay, yeah. turn up. <laughs> yeah, got real wild out there. Uh, but <laughs> unfortunately, uh, nobody here, or no, other than Stacy, nobody cares about talking about Michigan with the national <laughs> nobody in uh, yeah. in, uh, in middle Westchester cares, <laughs> yeah, nobody cares. So, uh, all right, well, before we uh stop discussing Michigan football and start talking about the Knicks, we have a few announcements first. We have Strickland on Instagram, check that out. There's at Strickland on Instagram, post all kinds of new content on there. Strickland holds us a YouTube channel where you may watch this podcast. If you are not done so already, please hit like, subscribe to the channel, and leave us comments. That'd be a huge help to us. The Strickland also has merchandise available on our website. You can find that at www.strick.land. There's a link that'll take you to the merchandise store. You can find all the cool stuff on there. T-shirts, sweatshirts, hats, coffee mugs, water bottles, you name it, we've got it. The Strickland also has a Patreon, which you can subscribe to. There are a number of different tiers. There is a $6 tier that gets you access to Pod Strickland's podcast that I host every Friday with Prez. You also get access to... Takes from Ivy's Bozos, our news podcast that is hosted by Andrew Steele, a.k.a. Doug, along with Zach Blatter. You also get access to the Strickland Discord, where the conversation never stops. There are further tiers. There's a $9 tier that gets you access to Strickland Roll, my solo pod, where I rant and rant about the next game more. You also get access to wonderful premium articles by Matthew Miranda, one of the best in the business. He just dropped two yesterday, one on OG and Obi, and one on Julius Randle. And now there is also... You also get access to Strictly NFL, our news podcast that is hosted by Constantine Metricos and Jeffrey Rasmussen, which you guessed it is about the NFL. Give that a listen. I was actually on the latest episode previewing the playoff showdowns coming up this weekend. There are further tiers. There's a $15 tier, $30 tier, $50 tier, and $100 tier. Those come with a variety of additional benefits, including pod recordings, merchandise discounts, and even potentially covenants to podcast. Alongside your truly whether you choose 
to subscribe without necessarily possible without you and necessarily possible without bet online all the major sports are in action speak with the college football players ready to kick off those are done they should probably update this bet online is your number one destination for all your sports wagering info including news for football the up- nba upcoming fights and NHL games this season head to the website today to get into the action and see all the updated odds for the week already use promo code believe b-l-e-a-v to receive your 50 percent welcome bonus on your first deposit bet online where the game starts um the Knicks lost a game yesterday to the Dallas Mavericks, um, 128-124, so they put an end to their five-game road trip. Uh, disappointing loss because the Mavericks were shorthanded, no Luka Doncic primarily, but also no Derek Lively. Um, I I don't think this game matters that much in the sense of, like, I was not upset that the Knicks lost a stupid game. I mean, I was upset the Knicks It was more annoying game. than it was, like, some calamity yeah, I mean, I was annoyed the Knicks lost a stupid game, but um, what actually made me upset about this game is is just stuff that we fucked up that were that was under our control um, from a coaching perspective and also from somewhat of a, for sure, certainly from a player perspective as well in terms of effort to start the game. Um, and I just think it it continues to show me uh, all the reasons that I remain skeptical of Tom Thibodeau are still there, despite uh, how awesome the Knicks have been since acquiring OG and Anobi. Um, and yeah, that's just, um, you know, look, I have it in my handle right here, Josh Hart's minutes reducer. That is tied directly to his play and also how much of leeway and rope that he continues to get despite what I think has been a pretty substandard year for him. Sorry, my computer just freaked a little. For who? Josh Hart. Oh, Josh Hart. Yeah, I was digging into that a little bit. I was going to pull up some synergy shit this morning, but I forgot. Um, because to me, yeah, his his offense, like the thing that is easy to notice is, you know, when he doesn't pull from three and stuff like that. But I don't. I don't think that's really quite it. I feel like earlier in the season, he did the hesitate from three thing a lot more than he does now. But now he, I don't know. I was going to ask you about it because like the, the things that jump off the page in terms of numbers are he's drawing way less free throws and he's getting close to the hoop way less. And I know part of that was on the whole from the early season stint where he was in the OB role a lot of the time. So he was just standing in the corner and shit. But like, even when he's not in the corner, he, he's just not really getting to the rim a lot. And it's especially weird because we're out in transition more than we were last year. So, like, I wouldn't be, I'm going to check the numbers, but I'm pretty sure his transition opportunities are, are down, which is crazy. And I'm pretty sure he's getting to the rim less in the half court, um, which is crazy. But why do you think that is? Um, I I don't have a strong opinion on this. My guess would just be that he is less. I just felt like last year he was in such a great groove with us. Like it just felt like he walked in and it was everything was perfect. Like everything worked perfectly for him. Um, I wonder if some of it is there's more mouths to feed. And I know that sounds weird because we just traded quick and RJ, but I think it's obvious that um, 
Grimes and Grimes very specifically was not happy with his level of usage. Um, I think Hartenstein, he's beginning to diversify his usage a little bit with those bench units. Grimes. Yeah, yeah, he is. Uh, Hartenstein has been more involved offensively. Uh, I also think some of it might just be a function of the lineups he plays in. Like last year, it felt like he played a lot more with like the bench itself just played more. It seemed like um, like him and quick had a way more run. I mean, quick was averaging what, like 20, he ended up averaging just under 29 minutes a game. Um, they got more run. Uh, honestly, I, I think I, I don't have a strong feeling about why that is. It, it could also just be a pure tactical thing. Like it could just be, that the Knicks are requiring him to take more threes and less freedom to attack the rim. Um, what is, I mean, it, it also makes sense in the sense of like, he kind of took the OB role from last year. Yeah. Yeah. And, earlier on that, that, that's, that's, that was my main theory. Um, but yeah, keep going. I, I just looked up 27% of his, uh, of his possessions um, of the 27% of his possessions at the rim last year in the half court per synergy 16 this year. So, and that's half court, not transition. In general, I felt like there's maybe uh, teams are a little bit more prepared. So that, that could be also it also as well, but like, I don't really know what it is, but as long as it's this, this is the case, he needs to play less. And after acquiring OG Ananobi, there's absolutely not a single argument for him to be playing more than, like, especially in a game like yesterday. He should not be, he should not have been, he got eight more minutes than Quentin Grimes. He got, like, he, that's a joke. I'm sorry. Like, you needed shooting on the floor. He can't shoot. And right now, he's definitely not shooting. Um, and I just I don't understand it. Uh, I'm trying to look. I'm going to look this up right now. I would venture to guess, even since acquiring Ojinobi, his his minutes have not changed too much. So since the trade, uh, Josh Hart has he's averaging 27 and a half minutes per game in six games. Uh, prior to the trade, I don't know what the hell he's averaging, but for the season he's averaging 28.2. So very very minor minutes reduction, which is a problem for me, um, because you freed up a lot of minutes. You freed up minutes for like RJ Barrett's out of here and Emmanuel Cook is out of here. That's about 52 minutes combined or 53 minutes combined, something like that. Um, even if OG Ananobi is taking 35 minutes a game, which I don't even think he is, but let's just say he's taking 35 minutes a game. That means that there's still 18 minutes up for grabs. Josh Hart doesn't need those 18 minutes. Josh Hart should either like he, he doesn't need to play more he should be playing less because og ananobi should be taking some of those small ball four lineup looks and quentin grimes should play more divincenzo should play more divincenzo should play more because he's fucking shooting the shit out of the ball and quentin grimes should play more because we need him to play more we like not just for the short term like i we need him for the rest of the season but also like if anybody out here is like harboring like strong, you know, uh, feelings in their heart, <laughs> pun, no pun intended, but strong feelings that we need to trade. Oh, we need to get one more guy. We, we need to get one more true star. This might sound ridiculous to you, but Quentin Grimes is very, very important to that. He's very, very important to that because 
he is the one young guy on this roster now that we that are sorry that we have now who we know at one point in time anyways was highly coveted in a star trade by Danny Ainge and we also I also feel pretty strongly still has the potential to be the player anchor of a star trade if he it gets the opportunities and makes a step in his career because of the player profile he is and yesterday it was especially insane to me that he played only 15 minutes and it's not just josh hart by the way this also has to do with tibbs idiotic and there's no other way to describe it it is fucking idiotic precious achua does not need 23 minutes he he does not need to play he's not first of all he's smaller than julius randall okay so if if you feel oh i gotta have a true five on the floor all the time you know what? I might disagree with that. I can, I can wrap my head around it. Precious Achua is not a true fucking five, okay? He's not. And so when you put him on the floor, and when you, when you feel obligated to, oh, I have to have Precious on the floor if Hartenstein's on the floor because I need a true five, which makes no fucking sense. So if you feel that way, and then you also have a raging fucking boner for Josh Hart, uh, like the way that Tibbs does, those minutes cut into opportunities for guys like Quentin Grimes. They cut into opportunities for guys like DiVincenzo, although DiVincenzo yesterday did play 30 minutes. They cut into, t- into minutes for guys like Deuce McBride, who now all of a sudden has become uh, only – he can only play point guard. He can never play uh, next to Jalen Brunson for some reason. I don't know what the reason is. but he Yeah, where I, was, where I was going to go with that is, like, if you really, like – okay, say, you know, your Tibbs – Josh Hart killed it last year. You think Josh Hart's an important part of this team's success. You don't want to reduce his minutes because you want to get him right. Fine. But, like, do stuff to get him right. That's the thing. Like, or, is- or, or just don't get him right. Like, I, honestly, Josh Hart has played like a jackass this year. I'm going to be I think he's played like a jackass. My thing is, long, real quick, like, portion. there are ways to get him. Like, Josh Hart. Like my my thing is what what Tibbs has done with Josh Hart is he initially started him in the OB role a lot of the time because he was getting those backup power forward minutes and now he's just back in the regular Josh Hart role which means he doesn't really like get plays called for him right but like here's the thing you know to, to several of your earlier points RJ regularly got plays called for him and OG doesn't really get plays called for him so like not only are minutes free, but play calls are free. There's no one, like, IQ didn't really get plays called for him. He just had the freedom to, like, run, pick, and roll and stuff like that. So, like, you have all these opportunities that are theoretically free, and mostly it's been just distributed to Jalen and Julius and then to just, like, evenly dispersed, like, throughout our general offense. But, like, there's no reason you can't be, like, Josh Hart needs to get downhill more. He's a good driver and decision maker. We're going to run some of those pistol sets for him. Like, there's no reason you can't do that. And there's no reason, to your point about Precious and Julius, like, it makes no fucking sense to just have Precious there versus a small ball team. It doesn't make any sense. Like, Julius is a shitty defensive center. Guess what? So is Precious. And Julius is a better rebounder. They're literally the same height and Julius is much stronger. So like you really want to get Josh Hart going, play him at the four with Julius at the five and get both Julius and Josh Hart going downhill with three shooters. We have the personnel to do that now with OG 
with Grimes, with Dante, like who, literally whoever the fuck you, however you configure the one, two, three in that lineup, or, you know, you can put OG at the four, Josh at the three, whatever you want to call it. Like the other three guys can probably shoot. So like, it, it, it kind of just speaks to, you know, we've talked about it before that Tibbs doesn't really adjust or experiment in game. And it's just, it's very frustrating you know when because we knew we knew he didn't do that with like the young guys and shit like that with quick especially but like you got a fucking boner for josh hart like you said so like maybe try to get him right like maybe try to actually help your players it's so stupid like you can't just julius and Jalen have been so great on offense and iheart has been great on offense and dante has been great on offense but like don't don't sit on your laurels with this new with this new team it's really annoying you have versatility that you've unlocked and a game where the Mavs are shorthanded where you're down like that's a perfect opportunity to do that shit and it's it's just it's just really fucking silly and like you see it you see it on defense as well like Precious is not a fucking drop big man like yeah. Why are we running the same shit? Like Kyrie's been torching you for like the whole game, which is like, I'm I'm not gonna bag on one on one Knicks defenders for getting torched by Kyrie because when he gets in that zone, it's pretty nuts. But like, you can double team him. Like you don't have to wait till the end of the game, right? Like it's it's not who who else is initiating on the Mavericks? These are the exact teams where you double where you double the lead ball handler teams like the Mavs without Luca or teams like the Pacers where like you get it out of Kyrie or Halley's hands. And then all of a sudden it's like, all right, playmate, buddy healed playmate, Grant Williams. Like, you know, like this isn't, this isn't fucking rocket science. So like the Knicks have been playing so well and versus teams that are mid for the most part, except, I mean, we played some good teams, but like, just because we have a a new lineup that is performing well, that does not free Tibbs from the obligation to coach. And, you know, it's like, dude, we got your fucking roster. We got the guys you presumably wanted out of here, out of here. Like, can you coach now? Can you just, like, not run the game on fucking autopilot? Like, it's just really silly. And I didn't, you know, despite all of that, like, it, it still took a combination of Knicks missing a lot of shots they normally make, Knicks sleepwalking through the first, like, 15 minutes of the game, Kyrie going crazy, and us just kind of shitting ourselves a little bit in the last minute. It took all of that for the Mavs to win, which is why I'm not terribly peeved, even though I'm going on a rant right now. Like, whatever. You know, our road trip has still been mostly fine. That loss was more annoying than anything. It's just more... For the sake of, you know, competition versus good teams and playoffs, it's like, dude, like you, you gotta, you gotta adjust. And again, that's I, that's not to, I want to make clear, like I didn't go on a Knicks beginning of the game rant, but like the Knicks defense was ass in the beginning of the game. Julius was especially bad, but it was literally everybody else. Like I, I was counting, and every single player made like multiple mistakes. OG got his ass handed to him. Dante got his ass handed to him. I heard like everybody fucking sucked for like the first 15 minutes, but like, fuck all that. Like the coach, the coach's job is to 
get the players back. And Tibbs didn't do anything to do that. You know what he did at the end of the game to help the Knicks come back? Nothing. Jalen Brunson did everything. And Julius Randle did everything. They just they finally started hitting shots against a defense that sucked. That's what they did. I mean, I I think the bigger issue for me, offensively, I'm not expecting Tibbs to be like some fucking needle mover, really. Um, but like defensively, he just sat there the entire game until the last five minutes. Then he was like, Oh, I guess I'll start trapping Kyrie. And it's like, oh wow, that worked. What a fucking wow, holy shit, who could have predicted like take the ball out of the one guy's hand that can actually dribble on the fucking team. And all of a sudden the Mavericks are going to have a really tough time scoring. Holy shit. This is crazy. Um, like it's just that that's annoying. The, the, the heart stuff. Look, I think I've been, I've been really critical of Josh Hart throughout this season because I just think he's been overplayed at the expense of better players. Um, before, like prior to the trade, it was Emmanuel quickly. Now I, and, and I guess towards the end of that, prior trade period also Dante DiVincenzo um and now it is Dante DiVincenzo it is um Grimes it is and I forget if forget who you think is better it's guys who are playing better guys who like part of the reason you needed to play Josh Hart as much as you did prior to the trade is because you were undersized and you did need his rebounding and blah 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 you don't have that same reasoning anymore I'm sorry like He's playing routinely. He is forcing Josh Hart at the two minutes for no fucking reason. And the thing that drives me nuts about that is he will not afford that to guys like like Grimes can't play the three. He can play the two, but he can never play the three. Josh Hart can play the four. He can play the two. He can play the three. He can even play the fucking five, apparently, when we're super shorthanded, according to Tibbs. Like, he had him, he had him running point at various times this season. He had him do it last night again, too. And it's like... Enough, enough with the Josh Hart thing. He, yes, he's a Swiss Army knife type player. You know what is good about a Swiss Army knife is you can use them in a variety of ways, but you can't overuse them in a variety of ways. And right now he's overusing Josh Hart. He's forcing him into lineups. He is trying to get him going at the expense of, like, uh, it is so. It is very cool that Tibbs feels like he's got to. Yeah, Josh Hart's important. I've got to get him going. You know who else you got to get going on the fucking team? Like. 15 other guys, dude. There are other guys in the team that also need to get going. It doesn't need like you, you're a coach. Get the fuck over the fact that you want to like marry Josh Hart and go start coaching other guys on this team. Like Quentin Grimes has had a very up and down season. It's been rocky. I don't I don't want to say he played some phenomenal game yesterday. He's been hoping lately. He's been playing much better. Yeah. But if you asked me who had a better shot of helping the Knicks make a comeback yesterday in, in if they got 23 minutes. It would have been Quentin Grimes by a fucking landslide. Uh, and you know what? You could have cut Josh Hart when they started at like 12. That would have been easy. That would have been fine. You give fucking six six or seven to Grimes. You give the rest to DiVincenzo. And that is a way better – I think the Knicks possibly even win the game at that point. But um, that didn't happen because he had to give – oh, no, no, no. I got to have – I got to – Josh Hart has to play the two for a little bit. Oh, I've got to try him out in the fourth quarter even though they're playing a fucking zone and Josh Hart can't shoot for fucking shit right now. I've got to have him on the floor. And not only do I have to have, have, to have him on the floor, I have to have him on the floor next to another non-fucking spacer at the five, be it Precious or Hartenstein. So they're able to get away with this bullshit undersized garbage because you're not shooting the three well last night and you're not spacing the floor at a high level. So it, it was like, like there were so many plays yesterday where Julius had a couple of offensive fouls. He had a few turnovers. 
you know, like they were packing the paint so heavily yesterday and you allowed them to get away with it because you have a boner for Josh Hart because you had to have precious shoe on the floor because he's a true five or whatever. And these are like, if it was just one, it'd be one thing if this was just some weird one-off decision-making type of thing, but we know it's not. And that's what's concerning about it. And that's why when people are like, oh, bad game, like, yeah, yeah bad no, game. teams are adjusting to the new Knicks right now and adjusting to Tibbs. And I was talking about this in the, in the game chat in the first quarter. It's like, okay, like the vibes have been great. Knicks have been great. Like our offense has been different, right? Our pace is up. Our passing is up. Blah, 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 blah. There's a lot of elements. That yeah, and they passed it well yesterday too. They had 27 assists again yesterday. Yeah. So yeah, a lot of, a lot of the, I mean, like a lot of the shots that guys normally make, you know, would just weren't going down yesterday. But like, my point is, is more just like, we're now. Yesterday was one of the, was was the first game where I really saw teams adjust to this new team, which is like they're packing. Like teams are really trying to figure out how do we handle this Julius Randall. That's what it is, and a lot of it is like kind of simple, which is like drop back a little bit and pack the paint, which works in the sense that like you're daring your josh hearts to shoot it doesn't work when it's like dante and shit like that obviously but like josh hart two for 13 in the last uh five games um on catch and shoot so he he's cold julius to his credit is like taking advantage and just like saying all right if you're giving me a runway i'm just gonna do that and go downhill and draw fouls or whatever um but they're they're really like teams are really realizing like we got to drop back. We got to get back in transition versus this team. Um, I thought the combination of the Mavs transition defense and the Knicks not really pushing in transition um, kind of stunted a lot of our offense yesterday. Um, you saw a lot of what we saw earlier in the year and last year, which is just like Knicks players kind of trotting the ball up and less of the kick ahead passes and shit that have been common since the OG trade like situations where someone will take the ball out Brunson will like get like 40 feet up the floor and someone will just kick it to him shit like that. So we're seeing teams cut that stuff off a little bit. So, you know, it's time to like nut up, man. Like you get like, Tim's gotta, you gotta adjust to the adjustments that that's where we're at now. And I know, I know this motherfucker is just waiting for like further tweaks to the roster from the front office at the deadline, which is kind of an, the annoying part about this to me like with precious i'm sure he's just like oh well what we need is a real backup five and we're gonna get i'm gonna get that eventually so why bother switching it up that i promise you that's his logic right now like sure maybe leon will get you a backup five but like we got about 14 games between now and the deadline like that's not nothing the east is super packed maybe coach to win instead of fucking stroking your ego all the time dude like it's insane i don't i don't know it's just Yesterday was was frustrating in that way because it just revealed some of his most annoying tendencies. And um, well, I mean, they're not tendencies; they are what he is. Like, I, I'm so like done talking about this in the sense of like, oh, what? You know, he's just got it. He's never going to do it. He, he, this is what he is. He is going to do things that are infuriating, that are not logical, that are counter to all obvious observational data. All statistical data he will just do the things he wants to do because he believes in his own opinion over whatever else is out there 
And that's what he is. Like, this is what he is. So when he cites stuff like, oh, a net rating is the most important stat, it's a fucking load of shit. That's a load of crap. That's a crock of shit. Because if that was the most important stat, then he wouldn't have spent the last th- four fucking years or three and a half years playing RJ Barrett as a starting as a starting player, flat out. If that's what if that is what the most important stat is for him that dictates everything, that that one decision alone means that he's lying. He doesn't care about that. Um, he cares about it insofar as when it when it when it is in his favor, he can use it as a oh well look at the net rating. But when it's not like it wasn't with quickly, then it, then it, then you know oh it, it's actually no, it's you got to look at this thing and that thing and the matchups and we wanted to switch more and Jalen Williams made a fucking contested 12 foot fadeaway midi so i had to get rj barrett back in the game it has nothing to do with any of that shit he has a bizarre obsession with size uh in particular anything beyond the three so three four five he has a very weird obsession with size um even at even in matchups where you don't need it like you don't need to have a true five on the floor when the opponent's using grant williams at the five when they have fucking markeith morris at the five like you don't need to do that that but he's going to do that because that is how he feels. Okay. Um, Julius Randle has played, I think, something like seven. He's played like, I think since Tibbs has been here, he's played like something like 5% of his total minutes at the five. That's ridiculous. But Especially is- with how he's playing now. That's the most, the craziest thing to me. This year, this isn't like step back jumper Julius or like 11 threes per 100 Julius. This is, this is, he's playing closer to like Zion. Giannis SGA type of ball in terms of just where he moves on the court. And that's the easiest. Every every time anybody who's ever coached any of those guys would be like, oh, yeah, we need to get them downhill and give them some space. It doesn't mean abandoned rim protection forever. It just means this is literally your strongest asset. Your most effective play plays involve Julius Randle going downhill where he's shooting like a zillion percent at the rim and drawing a shit ton of fouls. And apparently nobody in the NBA is strong enough to stop him. So like he's doing all of this with iHeart there and Precious there and Mitch there. And this is your, this is your fastball. And there's just like a very obvious cheat code ready. And like just sitting there on a platter, especially versus teams that are mid and you're just like, no, I'm not going to use this. This is insane. Like, if a coach was coaching Zion or Giannis and was like, actually, we're going to clog the paint for these guys versus bad teams, they would get fucking shit slammed. But because it's Tibbs, everybody's just like... That's just what he does. That's just That's what, what he, he does. does. Like, oh, well, like, what, how could we expect him to do anything else? I don't know, man. How do you expect any of these coaches to coach? Maybe he could do his job. Yeah, this I just, just like five minutes a game. Like this, I and, and this is listeners, listeners, listeners. And this and this is with Friends, Mitchell Robinson I'm, out. I'm the, I, and I exactly. And I'm the number one like Strickland center supporter, like anti-small ball fucking crusader. Like I want 48 minutes of rim protection, bro. Like back when we had Mitch and iHeart healthy. Don't give me like I, most of the time. Like I'm with it. I don't even want small ball like versus bad teams. Like just bludgeon teams with rim protection and offensive rebounds. I'm cool with that shit. But our personnel different, bro. Our personnel different right now. And I love Precious. That's my son. But like the guy's six nine, two thirty five, and 
a little confused most of the time. So like, <laughs> like, like yesterday when he was like, I'm going to do a over the head down. Oh, God. That was crazy. <laughs> it, it was, it was a roller coaster of like five seconds. Cause like his hustle to get to the floor. I was like, yeah, dive on the fucking, what a dog. My guy's diving on the floor. He's having a great game. Good hustle, precious. And then he just fucking is like, I'm going to soccer throw in upside down this. Anyway, they didn't work, but like, Look, if Prez is saying like you should go small ball, then you know I, I'm that's saying something because uh, this is not a commonly held Prez opinion. <laughs> <laughs>